Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 14th day of September 2023. It is Thursday, almost Friday. Glorious, glorious. You can smell the weekend. Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, push and play, all that stuff. Nothing says you have to. The fact that you do means a lot. Uh, also, support the program, if you would, just be honest, by spreading it on social media, telling friends. All that good stuff, and going to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com and uh, sign up to become a supporter of the program. Enter the contest. You get the two way street there. This stuff, this stuff there, you win. Winners, winners over there. Nothing but winners everywhere. Like this week is uh, Gene Hackman versus who? Trent Lott. Yeah, surprising. Trent Lott is more popular than I thought he would be. Not to say that Gene Hackman isn't more popular than Trent Lott. I just thought that nobody would go for that. But uh, we shall see which way the cookie crumbles. All right, let's get down to business because we got some midnight to get down to. You see what I'm saying? It really is amazing watching. You know, yesterday we talked about the impeachment inquiry. We're going to cover that a lot today because the reaction to it has been absolutely amazing. No evidence. There's nothing. Now, what evidence did these people have against Donald Trump? You can dislike Donald Trump as a person, as a president, as a whatever, all you want. What evidence? See, evidence is different. And this is where the left and basically uh, the thesis of my book, Emotion Makes People Stupid. It's a little oversimplified, but that's the gist of it. Um, Emotion makes people stupid. And the left are a group of people who are ruled by their emotions, not their leadership. Their leadership are conniving, dastardly, evil people who are manipulating people because it suits their political needs at the moment. But the masses, everybody is susceptible to this. There's something, thank God, in conservatives that allows us to not completely because we're human beings, but to separate the emotional from the rational, that wall of separation, the uh, a wall, yeah, wall, walls work. But the left doesn't have it, or they ignore the logical side, or maybe they simply don't have the mental capacity to have a logical side. I do not know what it is. But there is something in them that causes them to essentially be controlled by their emotions, ruled by their emotions. And as such, it makes them really easy to manipulate. Really, really, you just get people riled up and they'll do anything. You tell people, oh, justice, oh, oh okay, justice, let's do uh, injust- all right, let's go over and fight this injustice. Whatever it is, they're able to immediately sort of concoct an emotional argument. If you notice, they don't actually make rational arguments on anything. They'll cite, quote-unquote, studies every now and then when it comes to certain things. Fauci's running around trying to rebuild his reputation. There were studies that show that masks were uh, effective. What are these studies? Uh, you know, there was just the stu- there were many studies on both sides of the issue. 
Okay, we'll cite some on, on your side of it. Look, there were lots of studies all over the place. Hey, what are you going to do? Study, study. They never really give any specifics. Climate change. There's a study about uh, how in 100 years there's going to be more. I don't know why Fauci is talking about climate change. There's going to be uh, more lightning strikes in 100 years because of climate change. Okay, show your work. Where's this, where's this information come from? Where are we getting this from? Well, there's a study. Okay, well, cite it. Explain it. Better yet, forget it. Don't cite it because nobody's going to read the paper. But explain how it is that this is going to cause more lightning strikes. Well, we're going to have more uh, severe weather. We don't really have more severe weather now. If you get down to it, we have more structures built in places where severe weather happens, like, you know, Tornado Alley. It's called Tornado Alley, not because it's a nice, peaceful place where you want to sit there and, and just be left alone by Mother Nature. It's freaking called Tornado Alley. You got people, developers, getting special waivers to rezone floodplains and build on them. And then, lo and behold, guess what happens eventually? A flood, a flood and a floodplain. What will they think of next? Hey, there's something called hurricane season. Hmm. There are earthquakes, and they occur around faults in the earth. It has nothing to do with anything they've been happening for all of human history and even before human history. But somehow, well, they're getting worse. What are you basing that on? Well, we've just had the hottest August on record. According to what? Where? Why? How? Well, it's just the hottest. Don't you, didn't you see the temperatures out west? Yeah, I did. It is summer here. What about the southern hemisphere where it's winter? Does nobody ever talk about that? And oh, by the way, if you're sitting, it's the hottest day on record. It's so hot. Climate change is raising the temperature. We broke a record that has stood since 1936. Well, what the hell was happening in 1936? How do you figure that one? How do you square that circle? They never do it because they don't actually have to. They are the ones making the declarative statements and they are the ones who would ask the questions. And that's it. Karine Jean-Pierre, so historic. God, she's awful. There's, that leads me to believe that there is no justice in the universe, maybe in the next life, but certainly not in this one, that she is gainfully employed and she will, uh, she'll never really have to worry about money for the rest of her life. People in the Trump administration are going broke defending themselves from bogus arguments and bogus legal cases, laws made up out of nothing, and a group of leftists hunting them down to make sure that they can never get jobs anywhere in polite society. And that's cool. But Corinne Jean-Pierre, who goes up there and just absolutely lies her way through a daily briefing on a daily basis, she will never have to want for money ever again. Because why? Because justice. It's because she ticks a couple of box, boxes. Ginger Goebbels, same thing. She's got a show on MSNBC. What is her qualifications? Well, she's a bullshitter. That's it. She's just been able to BS her way through life and has no conscience. Really, Corinne Jean-Pierre, I'm not sure, is bright enough because she can't read a read directly from a piece of paper, so I'm not sure how bright she is. But Ginger Goebbels, Jen Psaki, re just lies, flat-out lies, and has no qualms about it, no conscience issues, nothing about it. She just lies right to you. You're like, my God, you're, this, that you're a sociopath. 
But yeah, that's that's how the left operates. So you watch all of these people and they are not operating on a logical path. Hey, it, the uh, inflation numbers came out 3.7% year over year. Hey, uh, that's not good. It was going in the, uh, it's, it's the opposite direction from what they told us it was going. Remember, inflation is decreasing. We've got it under control. Now, these are the same people who told us that inflation wasn't there at first. And then, oh, yes, but it's just transitory as the economy really gets going. It's just transitory. And they kept printing money and printing money. And they created serious long-term inflation. So what the, the government, of course, controls the unit of measure. They measure inflation differently. I believe real inflation, if it were measured the way it were measured back in the 80s, would be somewhere around 13 to 14%. Just would be. But because they control the unit of measure and they control the messengers, if this had happened under a Republican administration, the network anchors would have fallen all over each other, explaining how this is a new way to calculate inflation. It's different then. And so it's, you know, it, it's really much worse than you, they say it is. But now... These people play the game. These people play the game. That guy up in um, Pennsylvania, they finally caught him. They didn't ventilate him. They didn't kill him, unfortunately. So the people of Pennsylvania have to go back to providing him three hots and a cot for the rest of his life. Daniello Cavalcante or whatever is an illegal alien. He's an illegal alien wanted for murder in Brazil and convicted of murdering his girlfriend here in the United States of America, had no business being in this country, blood on the hands of every liberal Democrat who advocates for sanctuary cities and open borders, a 13-day manhunt across the state of Pennsylvania. They finally found him. It was big national news. According to the Media Research Center there at Newsbusters, they, uh, the three nightly newscasts on the networks, which is where, sadly, more people get their news than anywhere else, they did it. They covered that story for 144 minutes, 144 minutes, which is, I mean, each broadcast is only 22 minutes and we're only talking about a little less than two weeks. We're not, and we can, we're not talking about, this is a gigantic portion of the news during this time relative to the story. Never once did any of them mention that he was an illegal alien. Not once. Not one single time did any of the three major networks mention that this guy was in the country illegally. They didn't do it. Why? Because they don't want to tarnish the sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal alien. It's They look at us the way they look at their base. Their base is a bunch of idiots who are easily manipulated by emotion. They're afraid, or they lie, actually, about, well, if we point that out, then there's going to be a whole bunch of right-wingers going out there doing damage, hurting the sweet, sweet, nourishing illegal aliens. They'll be getting violent with them, whatever the lies that they tell. Just like you can't say COVID came from China. Why? Well, because if you do, then somebody is going to go and beat up Asian people. Really? You think so little of your fellow Americans? And the truth is, yes. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. So you've got this situation with impeachment where, see, I didn't forget where I was. I rambled. Sure, I kind of did forget where I was, but I brought it back. You have this impeachment inquiry that is looking into pretty serious allegations about the president of the United States, influence peddling, 
being a minimum a tool used by his junkie son and moronic brothers and other family members to enrich the entire family. How did Joe Biden afford these wonderful mansions in which he lives on a humble public servant's salary? How was that? Well, you can't ask those questions. Actually, they just simply don't ask those questions. So I want to start off with a clip here. This is a guy named Ian Sams. He is in the communication shop at the White House. This clip is hilarious because they they always go to these safe places. They go to where they're not really going to be challenged. And this is the genius, the evil genius of the left. They will go to places where the question will be asked, but they will not be fact-checked in real time. There will be no follow-up. There will be, yeah, but still, or how about this, or that contradicts what was said before. Because if you remember before, for the longest time, it was Joe Biden has never talked to Hunter about his business. Anybody in his family, he never had, never is not an ambiguous word. It's not, uh, sometimes he did, but, you know, then he quickly, never is, never. It's absolute. That was his answer every single time. He had no business. He never met with anybody. He never talked to anybody. Now we find out, and this is where they all, later on, you'll hear a montage. There's no evidence, nothing, nothing. Uh, He said he never did it, never met with his business partners. And then we find out there are dozens of meetings with the business partners that when Hunter was demonstrating to potential clients that he could get the vice president of the United States on the phone, he got the vice president of the United States on the phone. That was the deliverable, not let's get the vice president on the phone and we'll tell him he needs to fire the prosecutor over in Ukraine. No, implicit is that you got the vice president's ear. You can get things done. And even corrupt Ukrainians recognize that you don't talk about business like that over the phone. You don't write it down. You don't put it in emails. Now, Hunter put some of it in emails because he was a cracked out loser, but you get the idea. But it was always, there was no discussion whatsoever about Hunter and his business. Joe didn't even really know what Hunter did. You know, he wasn't even sure Hunter was his son. Not that his first wife had slept around on him. It's just he kept a, a respectful distance from Hunter and in no way wanted to know anything about him. He was actually, that's probably true, I think. Joe was completely focused on Bo and really couldn't give a rat's ass about Hunter at all. And that's part of the reason why Hunter ran wild his whole life and uh, was a rather successful junkie and a storied junkie career. I don't know if he's ever going to come out of retirement or not. I hope he's not, but uh, he's certainly Hall of Fame material already. Seriously. But I want you to listen to Ian Sams here. Because they move the goalposts again. They change the argument. Like I showed you yesterday how it went from there's no evidence to there's no direct evidence. This is now, um, it's gone from he never talked to his son about his business ever under any circumstances to of course he, look, he talked to his son about this stuff because he loved him, which is, you know, frankly, the argument they should have been making in the beginning, like, yeah, he talked to his kid about his business on occasion. He talked to your kid about their business, what they're doing, how they're doing. Instead, Joe's answer was, I never talked to him. 
I don't even like the kid. I don't. I don't. I don't wish him well. I kind of wish that uh, it had been him and not his brother who had passed. It's horrible. But you know, that's kind of attitude you'd have to have to have a child and never speak to them about what they do for a living. That just seems bizarre to me. Well, that's changed now. Yeah, they were talking. They're talking all the time because they love each other so much. And again, even Ian Sams uses Bo dying. Bo in the process of dying. This is disgusting about Joe Biden. Is I, I don't know that anybody has danced on the grave, even more than a Kennedy has danced on graves. Joe is dancing on the bra- grave of his son, Bo, dozens, hundreds of times, every time he meets with the Gold Star family. I know what it's like. I lost my son in Iraq. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. It was years after your son had served in JAG Corps in Baghdad, all right? That was what he did over there, all right? Not to belittle his service, but you know that's what he did. And he died in the United States of cancer horribly. It's a tragedy, but you don't need to lie about it, Joe. Or Joe again, dancing on the grave of his uh, youngest, his oldest daughter who passed away in the car accident that took his first wife. Oh, drunk driver hit my, uh, hit my wife. It wasn't a drunk driver, Joe. Didn't happen. But you elicit more sympathy that way. This is what makes Joe so evil, so creepy. And this is what I mean when I say he could be senile now. He certainly seems senile, but he's always been stupid. He's always been conniving. He's always been evil. So it's hard to ascribe the blame for any of the particular things he does on any of those one, you know, any one of those things, the booyah base of what's going on in his brain. So with that in mind, now suddenly, of course, Joe was talking to his kid about his business. He loves his son. This is official from the White House now. The president was uh, present at some of the meetings between Hunter Biden and his business associates. Uh, Why was the president at those meetings on those uh, phone calls? Well, again, I think this is part of the right wing's misinformation machine to try to confuse people uh, about what the truth is. The truth is that the president, as he has said publicly for years, uh, calls his family every day to check in. He calls his son every day to check in. He calls his other family members to check in to see how they're doing. He loves them. There's, they're a tight-knit family. And what the GOP's own witness testified in this case is that that's exactly what the president was doing. He was checking in with Hunter during a particularly hard time, I might add, a time where the family was going through uh, Hunter's brother Bo's illness. Uh, and, of course, the president checks in with his son and talks to him. But, again, that witness testified no business dealings of Hunter Biden's or anyone's was discussed in these conversations. And so, again, they're trying to make this sort of strange connection when their own investigation has disproven these claims. So gross. They're so gross. Look, they were going through a difficult time. So, of course, they're going to. That's a deflection. That is, shame on them. Shame on Joe for this. If he had any decency whatsoever, he would put a stop to this. Like, you say whatever you want, but don't. Don't drag my dead son into this for God's. But no, Joe is the one most guilty of it. When not checking his watch, meeting with Gold Star families to figure out how much longer he has to put up with their crying before he can get back to nap, he cites his son all the time and lies about him all the time. They're disgusting people. But no, it's like, oh, no, no. They were talking all the time. He talks to his family all the time. I don't see what the thing. Well, that's not 
what was said before when asked before, hey, did you ever talk to your son about his businesses? The answer was not, I talk to my son all the time. I try to find out everything that's going on in his life. I love him. I want to know what's going on. It was never, never, never talked to my brother, never talked to anybody. Now we find out it was on a daily basis they were talking and all sorts of things come up. I would ask you if Hunter was so devastated that he needed to be checked in on every single day and the whole Biden family was so devastated that they needed to be checked in on every day, then why was it that there were so many calls of people who were related in, in, in business with Hunter Biden? This seems like a lot of time. Hunter seemed to be doing just fine right there, didn't he? Didn't he? Hey, I'm at Cafe Milano, Dad. Why don't you come by? I'm with a whole bunch of uh, Chinese communists. Come on by. Oh, Dad, you're going to China. I want to go with you. Joe never said, well, why? What are you going to You don't speak Chinese. You don't have any expertise. I want to go with you. Okay, come on along. Let's go. No, but he'll call him every single day. Put on speaker. Hey, if your dad or your mom calls you, because there's something awful going on in your family, something horrible happening. And you put them on speakerphone because you're in a business meeting and you want to impress the people you're there with, having the business meeting with, there's something wrong with you. Because that's what we're led to believe, right? Oh, he's just calling in to check on him. He wanted to talk. So, hey, boy, I just wanted to see how you're doing because I'm really concerned about your brother and I want to see how you're handling it and everything. Hey, Dad, you'll never... I'm sitting here with guys who are about to pay me $80,000 a month. Mind if I put you on speakerphone so I can prove that, uh, you know, you call me? Yeah, no, son, I'm kind of trying to talk to you about the horrible tragedy our family is currently going through. Yeah, but you know what, though? this Did I mention... $80,000 a month, Dad? Can I, can I, I'm going to put you, you're on speakerphone now. Which seems more plausible? The logical explanation for putting Dad on speakerphone or the scenario I just laid out to you that would have to be true if what the White House is now saying were the case? I would say that it is the, uh, the former. <laughs> Because, I mean, granted, Hunter is a is an, a piece of work, but he was able to sign these people to give him tons and tons and tons and tons of money. So he had to have moments of lucidity, did he not? Now I want to play you a montage. This is a little bit long, but it's a montage of the media, the very same leftist media, insisting that there is nothing to see here. Nothing to, there is not one scintilla of evidence in any way, shape, or form that demonstrates, that indicates, that even implies that anybody named Biden ever did anything wrong, because that would be wrong. There's no proof, no proof at all from people whose job it is to ask questions who have steadfastly refused to ask questions. You know, the president has been in politics for a long time, and 
I think, as he would say, he's seen a lot of malarkey along the way, but this might take the cake. This is all smoke and no fire. What a waste of time and money. I don't see any probable cause here. Uh, there's just no evidence. I have not seen any evidence. There's no evidence of any crime at all. No evidence so far that ties Joe Biden to any of this, uh, at least nothing that they have brought forward and that we have seen. Have you seen said evidence? No, not a scintilla of evidence. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has engaged in wrongdoing. No business dealings of Hunter Biden's or anyone's was discussed in these conversations. I think they're making making it up. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has committed an impeachable offense. A substantial majority of Americans believe something which is not true. There is not a shred of evidence that President Joe Biden has committed a crime. You gotta have a crime. <laughs> like, you gotta have some accusation you can make. And they don't really have anything right now. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. I think that that's absurd. It's ridiculous, of course. This is part of the right wing's misinformation machine to try to confuse people. Distract, distort, and dissemble. Right now, we're in the distract phase. What Hunter Biden is may or may not have done does not even come close to the level of legal drama that's facing the former president of the United States. There's 91 criminal charges against Donald Trump right now, 13 criminal charges against uh, uh, Congressman Santos, who was just on the show a few moments ago. They have nothing to say about that. There are no charges against Joe Biden, and they want to impeach the guy. Trump was impeached, so was Biden. You know, Trump was investigated, so was Biden. There's corruption. This is an illegitimate impeachment inquiry, period, full stop. This could benefit President Biden. This could end up having ramifications for Republicans if voters who don't really want to see these kinds of inquiries all the time feel like this is going too far. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. Yeah, you know, there's no evidence. It's amazing what you don't find when you refuse to look for anything. There's no evidence at all, no direct evidence. If you ignore, you know, the emails, all the uh, text messages, the fact that there are dozens of shell corporations. How many shell corporations do you have? How many LLCs do you have in your name, in your family's name? None? Biden's had dozens. None of them actually did anything. Doesn't that seem weird to anybody? Not a single one of those Democrats. They set up all these LLCs. These people don't have jobs that require an LLC. That they're, and they're getting money, lots of money, thrown into these accounts for these LLCs from overseas, from hostile governments that just so happened to be where Hunter was doing business and where Joe had oversight during the Obama-Biden administration, where he had the authority. And that seemed coincidental. Shouldn't that lead to a couple of questions? Maybe, but it doesn't. It doesn't. There weren't any, there won't be any. Half of those people you just heard in that montage were so-called journalists, including Maggie Haberman of the New York Times. There's no evidence. Have you looked? Look, we asked the White House if this was true. Hey, is the president corrupt? And they said, no. And there you go. I mean, what else are we supposed to do? Waterboard them? Wow. Have you looked at the evidence? Have you read the text messages? Have you, I don't know, looked at the suspicious activity reports or even tried to get these suspicious activity reports from the Treasury Department? Anything. Do you ever wonder why it was 
that Hunter was copied in on emails to Joe while Joe was using a fake name while he was vice president, copied in on official government emails that pertained to Ukraine. Do you ever think that's just a little bit weird? What about the whistleblowers? Do you now suddenly, after saying they seem credible, but maybe now they're not credible? Have you discredited them at all? No, you haven't. You've simply ignored what they've said. They moved on. You covered it when you had to, and then you moved on. The letter that Joe Biden personally wrote to Devin Archer about how good it is and how glad he is he's in business with his son, and that seems to me to contradict a lot of the things that the President of the United States has said, all the eyewitnesses, the fact that Hunter was traveling the world with Joe while he was vice president and somehow managed to come away with millions upon millions of dollars in quote-unquote consulting contracts. Consulting contracts from the places that he went. That Joe, that Hunter Biden would give, would sign off his Secret Service detail when he'd go to pretty hostile countries. Places that were not the friendliest places to Americans specifically, particularly places like you know, China and Ukraine. When you travel over there and you are the son of the president of the United States, you're a or vice president of the United States, you're a prime target for kidnapping. Why would you give up your secret service detail unless you were doing things that you did not want the secret service to know about? It's just weird, right? Seems weird. Seems like that should lead to some questions. But none of it has led to any questions for any of the people you've heard in that montage or anybody at all in the left-wing media. They are running blocker. They are running scared. There's a simple way Joe Biden could clear this up. Release the bank records. If you've got nothing to hide, stop hiding things. Say, here are my bank records. Here's why we had so many LLCs. Here's what it, whatever it is explain it there is a weird explanation maybe that makes all sense of this i doubt it but they could give it a shot they're not giving it a shot instead they're changing the subject they're in a panic they're in a tizzy they're worried why would they be worried if they've done nothing wrong that's what we were told throughout the trump administration they actually did look into well, the ukrainian phone call oh it's a quid pro quo it's a quid pro quo there's no quid pro, pro quo there None whatsoever. The President of the United States should actually ask about the potential corruption of an American citizen and using their position to enrich themselves, using their position in our government to enrich themselves. It wasn't, the money wasn't conditional on that. Nothing. Joe Biden was the quid pro quo. Fire the prosecutor that's going after my son's benefactor or you're not going to get this billion dollars. That's a quid pro quo. None of these people want to know. They'll win awards for it. Journalism can't be saved anymore. It needs to be absolutely destroyed. Now, I want to play for you two clips from Morning Joe. Because David Ignatius of the Washington Post wrote a column today. And this is kind of funny because conservatives have been saying this and been saying this and been saying this. Joe Biden is old. Joe Biden is senile. Joe Biden shouldn't run again. He's too old. And it has been ignored. It has been dismissed. It has been 
poo-pooed. It has been, how dare you? Uh, this is ridiculous. And you just don't like Joe Biden. You're partisan, partisan, partisan. David Ignatius of the Washington Post is not somebody who can be, well, he is somebody who can be accused of being a partisan hack because, well, he is a partisan hack, but he's their partisan hack. So it doesn't really matter. They look at him as nonpartisan because in Washington, D.C. and media speak, nonpartisan means somebody who agrees with, with me. He wrote a column today entitled, President Biden Should Not Run Again in 2024. Now, it's kind of funny because he includes Kamala Harris in this. Biden and Harris should not run again. And he toys with the idea that maybe you get rid of Kamala Harris if Joe runs again, which would be great for Republicans. It would be a disaster for Democrats because it would piss off all the, the black women who are like, we finally got represented because they've been trained to think you've got representation now. Yay. And suddenly, like, well, we dumped, dumped the, uh, the black lady for somebody else. Even if it's another black lady, you go, well, why did you? They want they'll lose people. I love it. I love that they boxed themselves into this corner. But Ignatius goes on to say that Joe Biden is just too old to be president. He's just too old to be president. Not that he's not effective. Boy, howdy. He goes through and he pats Joe Biden on the back so hard that you'd think he was trying to dislodge a chunk of chicken from his throat. But at the end, he concludes that maybe Joe isn't the guy anymore. He says, I hope Biden has this. This is his last paragraph in the piece. I hope Biden has this conversation with himself about whether to run and that he levels with the country about it. I would focus on the 2024. It would focus the 2024 campaign. Who is the best person to stop Trump? That was the question when Biden decided to run in 2029. It's still the essential test of a Democratic nominee today. But it's not Joe. He's too old. Now, Ignatius was on Morning Joe this morning. Because why? Because the left-wing media sphere is nothing but a circle jerk. I want to play you this. It's a long clip of David Ignatius talking about how it is that he came to the conclusion that Joe Biden shouldn't run for re-election. And then you, you hear Mika. Mika is Mika's not happy with this. She can't deny it, but she's not happy with this, and she's trying to rationalize her way through. It's one of the stages of grief is rationalization, bargaining. She's trying to bargain her way through. She can't do it. She's not bright, but she tries, and it's just this is the dam breaking this is, will it make a difference? Will it come soon enough? Will it, will Joe heed it? I don't know. He doesn't really listen to anybody anyway, but this is the dam breaking and Mika, Mika's having difficulty shifting gears. Again, the heart of it is uh, whether uh, Joe Biden is the best person to carry this legacy forward. He may decide that he's the only person who can defeat 
Donald Trump. I mean, he sees that as his mission. It's why why he ran in the first place back in, in, in 2019. He may, he may decide he's the guy who can do it and nobody else can. And that's that's his decision. But I felt it was time to have a more public discussion about this. Um, it, it is, as I say, something I'd be surprised if you and Joe and the people you talk with are, are not discussing it in private. I, certainly, I... I find that everywhere I go, it's it's a, it's a subject, and what uh, journalists like me should do is is take mm -hmm. issues like that that people are talking about in private, uh, and, and bring them forward so we can have a better discussion. So that's a right, simple I, I explanation. I want to tap into your expertise, though, because you you write a column that is you know extremely, I think, in a way, it's a very very strong message for you, David Ignatius, to write this column. And you have spent much of your career spending time writing about or writing with the greatest strategic thinkers of our time on world affairs, on foreign policy. And when you look at what Joe Biden has done with NATO and the war in Ukraine, and in terms of galvanizing, uh, putting this country back on a track to lead on the world stage, who would be an alternative right now who could do that on day one, a legitimate one? So, uh, Mika, I, I can't name you that person. The thing about the democratic process is that it, 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 it yields answers to questions like that through this amazing phenomenon I still believe in. I, I, I believe that, that open discussion, that uh, 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 nominating campaigns uh, produce clarity, produce candidates, produce leaders. I couldn't agree more that Biden has been a strong leader in foreign policy and in domestic policy, as I wrote, wrote in the column. He has passed some of the most significant domestic social legislation in, in, in decades. In foreign policy, one of the things that I admire most about Biden is that he's gathered a team around him of very solid people who think strategically. He is the leader of that team, but the team members themselves are strong. I have no doubt that, the, that this, this team of sensible, strategic people uh, in the Democratic Party who are driving foreign policy forward in a, in a good way will continue, no matter who the Dem Democrats choose. Uh, so uh, on that score, I'm, I'm, I'm less concerned than, than, than you are. I think it comes down to what we were talking about earlier. Is Joe Biden the person who can stop Donald Trump or somebody like Trump who gets the Republican nomination? That's what he's got. He's got to look in the mirror, search his soul, and make that decision. And I wanted to raise that question. I'd like him to think that through carefully because I have my concerns. Mika in the middle there is very upset. Uh, well, you know, but he's, he, he put NATO back. Yeah, NATO, great. It's super going great with NATO over there. And it look at how NATO, the threat of NATO, has really stopped nothing bad from happening over in Europe and maybe going to help cause something bad to happen over there. Mika can't handle it. She's like finding out that maybe her father isn't really her father or something like that, and she's trying to rationalize it. No, no, but uh, look, it's, it's it, biology, isn't it? It's, it's, it's all kinds of, no, wait, uh, spare me. Now, sitting next to her is, of course, Joe. Good old Joe Scarborough is, um, Joe admits that the left-wing media is full of crap. 
that they're lying, that they lie constantly. They li- it's weird to hear an uh, a uh, a television host or radio host, for that matter, tell their audience that they've been lying to them for years, for the whole time, really. It happens, believe you me, knowing a lot of these people in media, they're lying, they're, they're, they're exaggerating or flat out lying. The more people, I always say, the more people protest that they're a good guy and they're not trying to sell you anything, the more you need to hide your wallet, hide your daughters, stay away from them. They are frauds, they are hucksters. But Joe was right up there with them doesn't have to be conservative or doesn't have to be liberal to be corrupt or conservative to be corrupt. It's everybody. It's the business. It's the industry. It's the people that it attracts. And it's the people who thrive in it. You've got to play a merit has nothing to do with this. It is a willingness to curb stomp friends. Seriously, just disgusting people. And Joe comes right out and says, yeah, we on the left, we lie to our audience. We all know that Joe is too old. We all know that he's not there. It doesn't have the ability. It's, it's, it, it's game over for Joe. We know this. But we, we can't, we don't say it. We don't tell the audience. We tell each other, but we don't tell the audience. You think I'm exaggerating? Listen to it. Well, uh, and, and Willie, just to answer David's question, uh, Mika and I, uh, everybody we talk to, every political discussion, all uh, it, it talks a lot about Trump. But when it comes to Joe Biden, people say, man, he's too old to run, isn't he? I mean, he's not going to he's not really going to run every discussion. When I say every discussion, I don't mean 99 percent of the discussions. Every discussion. We got it. I asked Reverend Al. If he was hearing it all the time on our show this past week, he's hearing it as well. So, you know, we often will complain about Republicans who will say one thing about Donald Trump off the air and another on air. Well, let me just say Democrats off the air will say Joe Biden's too old. Why is he running? On the air, they won't say that. So I commend I commend David for at least raising the question. I mean, my my question, of course, Willie, is uh, who can do a better job with, uh, as president as Joe Biden uh, and uh, who can beat Donald Trump? I don't I don't see a lot of Democrats out there. I don't see any Democrats out there right now that could do that. There's a confession right there. I don't know. I just, uh, we, we, everybody, literally everybody we talk to. And if you think he's hanging out with grocery store clerks or anybody who showers because of their job not for their job you're crazy joe and mika mika by the way is standing next to him shooting darts she's not not happy that he's letting the cat out of the bag but if you think that they're rolling with anybody who isn't a liberal elite multi-millionaire you haven't been paying attention you don't know how these people work those are the people who fund the democrat party these are the people who empower people like joe biden to go out there and do a job that they're not up to do a job they're not up to doing damage to the country in the meantime and you sit there and you go why you just confessed to your now you don't have to worry if you're on msnbc nobody's gonna stop watching it they're they're not gonna pick up on the fact that he just told them that he lies to them that they all lie to them but normal people listen to that and go wow that's so why do you do it well they do it for the money 
They do it because Republicans are on the other side. They don't like Republicans. That's it. That's their whole argument. They don't even think through issues anymore. Where are Republicans on this one? Okay, well, then I'm opposite whatever the Republicans are. The Republicans like the country. Well, then I don't like the I don't care for the country. I don't like the cut of the country's jib. That's how Democrats work these days. And they just flat out told you right there. We lie. We lie to you all the damn time. And we're going to continue to lie to you because what else are you going to do? Think for yourself. You're in your 40s. You don't have that ability anymore. The time has long since passed. The public school system has turned your brain to mush. It's over. It's just astonishing that these people would admit this. It's true. I've been saying it for years, but it, that they would come out and say it is astonishing. Hilarious, too, but astonishing. It won't make a bit of difference. There won't be a single person on the nightly newscast tonight who will mention this honestly. They'll just say the partisan investigation, well, unprecedented. This is, a, by the way, Kevin McCarthy launched this impeachment inquiry the exact same way Nancy Pelosi launched both of hers. She assigned it, she declared it into existence. There was no full vote of the House. You got these Democrats running around going, they need a full vote of the House. Uh, you've impeached a president twice with no vote of the House. None. So you guys changed the rules. It's not my problem. You can't sit down that because the beast that you unleashed came back and bit you on the ass. Sorry, honey. Sit down. Shut up. Thanks for playing. That's what I mean when these people are evil. These people are corrupt. These people are there's something fundamentally wrong about them as human beings. And uh, I'm embarrassed that we're in the same species. Anyway, that is enough for today, I think. Tomorrow will be Friday. It'll be good. Who knows what will happen. I'm sure there will be another montage of insanity and hypocrisy from the left because that's who they are. It's where they live. It's what they breathe. I appreciate you listening. Don't forget patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Spread the word. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.